Welcome to the Grace-Filled Food Freedom Podcast. In this podcast, you can expect to be inspired and equipped to ditch diets, eat well, and let your light shine. Every time you listen, you can expect practical tips straight from the Word of God that are going to get you on the road to food freedom today gooey bites of deliciousness that will make you shimmy in your seat because you know that God is speaking directly to you. Are you ready? All right, grab a fork. Let's dive in. In this episode, we're going to talk about how you can find freedom from emotional eating in six steps. Now, clearly, it's more complicated than following a six-step approach to ending emotional eating. However, there are a few steps that you may have been overlooking that could help light the way for your walk out of this struggle. In fact, some really practical things that you could be missing that could be the key to breaking this bondage in your life. So first things first, I want to dig into why do we emotionally eat? And there's several reasons or a a book full of reasons, and we won't be able to touch on all of them here. But the overarching principles are that, first of all, life is crazy and we have very little quiet. Our pace of life is go, go, go all of the time. And so often we're managing several things at once without little space and place for the Lord to speak to us. We have the radio on, the TV on, the Netflix is going, and our emotions, well, they're kind of running in the background, and we don't hear the quiet voices that our spirit and the spirit of God are speaking to us. And sometimes it has to get to the point where they're yelling so that we listen, and that is where emotions can be very painful, and the need to emotional eat can rise out of there. The other thing that's going to happen that's going to bring up emotional eating is going to be negative self-talk. Listen, we were never meant to be our biggest enemies. Uh, You're a great encourager to others. You encourage your children, your friends, you know, even strangers. And yet, for yourself, you're very negative and very hard on yourself. And the only way to escape that voice, right, is to zone out with a little bit of food. And that can be a major cause of emotional eating. Finally, we live in a world with very hyper palatable food. Processed foods are super tasty. And when we're in the mood to sort of escape in a flavor or a feeling, because these processed foods can bring out, you know, different hormonal reactions, it's very hard to stop. Now, that being said, the Lord has declared all foods clean, and you can read some of my blog posts about that. But there's a general knowledge that Highly processed foods are hyper palatable and it's easy to overeat them. So if you're already in an emotional state, those types of foods can add fuel to the fire. Now there's an interesting truth that I do want to share that emotional eating is not always bad. After all, God created emotions and food. (laughs) So let's look at a couple of those, those sections here. So Let's think about some times when you could be emotionally eating as a part of fellowship. You're at a wedding, celebrating, a birthday. That's an emotional experience, right? It's not a negative emotion, and you may not be eating in excess, but yet the driver for the eating is found in an emotional basis, but it's a joyous occasion, and 
even though you may not be hungry or it may not be the most nourishing food, I would consider that a really great time to embrace some emotional eating. It's also not a bad thing because food and eating more than we need can be a great distress signal. As I mentioned previously, we're often plowing through life, not really paying attention to everything that's happening inside our minds, inside our hearts, and even in the environment around us. And when that moment happens that you're suddenly staring in the refrigerator, scrounging for some food, that is like a dashboard indicator light that something is a little bit off or a lot off in your spirit, soul, body, right? And you can use that as not an opportunity for judgment, but as a cue to check in. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and I find that to be a very helpful thing in my life. If I suddenly find myself scrounging through the pantry and I'm not hungry and it's not mealtime, I probably need a nap or I probably need to step away from a project that I'm doing and just give myself permission to do nothing. I need to go for a walk or enjoy a book or just sit with my daughter or pet my dog. It's it's a distress signal that I reach capacity and it's time to do something different. So in those instances, I would consider emotional eating is really helpful. It's an opportunity for fellowship and it's a great distress signal. All right, so now let's get to the part that you're really interested in where we talk about the steps, six steps to find freedom from emotional eating. So the first thing is to understand that God made emotions. Listen, he could have made us robotic, but he chose to wire us with the ability to feel deep, strong emotions. Notice that? <laughs> we can feel things like God feels them. He made us in his image and he feels emotional and so do we. So recognize that they are a gift from God. It's not something to be feared, something to shun, something to avoid, or something to judge yourself for. Emotions are made by God. The second step is to recognize that you can't control your emotions or better said, you can't control your in initial emotional reactions, right? You hit your thumb with the hammer, ah, emotional reaction happens, right? Then how you react to that is then when the ball is in your courts. You can hold your tongue, deal with the pain, or you can say things that you may regret later. Uh, that also can happen with a very hurtful instance. Let's say someone says a comment that pierces you to the core. That initial emotional reaction is going to be out of your control in the sense that it's going to come and you can't stop it immediately. And so not panicking, not judging yourself over it, but then noticing it, naming it for what it is, and then making a decision on how you want to handle it. Now, this is definitely something that is uh, something we develop over time. And as you become more aware of your emotions, you may find yourself not recognizing your reactions for quite some time. Maybe you're on the other side and you realize that you've wasted a day or an hour stewing in this. But with practice and perception and the guidance and help of the Holy Spirit, maybe you catch it a little bit sooner and a little bit sooner so that you only stay stuck in that funk a little bit at a time. The third step to finding freedom from emotional eating is to recognize that the emotions are not always accurate. 
we could have that emotion. Someone says something hurtful, we get our feelings hurt, but yet it doesn't necessarily take into account the intent for with which the person said it. There's not always accuracy in those things. Just like you could see a stick in the grass and what's your first reaction? You're like, panic, it's a snake, but it's really just a stick, right? Our emotions are not accurate. They are just messengers sent from our primal brain. They're trying to protect us in any way possible. And that means that they tend to be a little bit on the dramatic side or a little bit on the safe side, right? Just there to protect us. So we want to understand that God made emotions, understand that we can't control them, and also notice that they're not always accurate. Uh, the thing that's really important to also know is that it's our responsibility to handle them once they enter our mind. What we do with them, how often we stew on them, that's going to be a product of our self-talk, and we'll talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Finally, step four, you want to take them to God. So emotions, you can't control them, they pop in, but they need to be taken to the Lord so that he can help you discern truth. Because remember, we're not always going to recognize that things are true or false right out of the gate. But it reminds me of when my daughter was little and she just was toddling along and we would go outside and she would scour the yard for a variety of things. And she would always bring them up to me and be like, mommy, what is this? What is this? I don't know what it is, right? Can you help me, mommy? And that's the same attitude that we can go with to the Lord. Like, oh God, I'm just in this place and things are happening and I don't understand it. What is it? The author of your emotions, of life, of breath, he can discern that for you. So you're going to take them to him and you're going to act on that wisdom. When he reveals things, you're going to go to step five, which is to preemptively meet the need. Again, emotion comes in. We can't always control what happens, but we can control after, right, what happens, we can discipline our thinking, we can make a better choice. But the easiest way to manage those emotions is to preemptively meet the need before it reaches that panic state, <laughs> before the distress signal is blaring loud and we, we feel completely compelled to run to the food. So what does the spirit reveal to you? Maybe you're tired, maybe you're angry, maybe you're stressed. Ask him to show you what's going on so that you can preemptively meet that need. And what do I mean by preemptively meet it? I mean, learn what it is that gets you sort of to that boiling point or to where the cup overfloweth in a really negative way and try to drain out some of that stress, some of that negative emotion before it gets to that point. An example would be, say that stress is really, you're just you have a lot going on, you're overwhelmed, you get stuck in this space and place to the point where you just explode on a bag of chips. Well, how could we reduce the stress before it gets to the point where it's too much? And that could be something that the Lord reveals to you of saying no to things that you don't have time for. Maybe hiring out a little bit of help around the house or having your husband or your kids help. Maybe it's lowering your personal expectations about what you can do. Maybe there's letting go of some control and praying about things more. Again, you're, you're meeting the need before it gets to the point of explosion so that you can better move forward. Um, let's use another example. Let's say that you're just tired. Every night you put the kids to bed, 
It's just like, you know, you should be going to bed, but like you're kind of wired from your overwhelming or stressful day and you just need the rest. Well, then rather than focusing on fighting the food, because we know that's going to be a losing battle, you can preemptively meet the need by sleeping in a little bit later or going to bed a bit earlier. Again, focus on the true need and it's going to be a lot easier to avoid the emotional eating. And finally, we're going to the sixth step on how to find freedom from emotional eating. Listen, when you do overeat, you want to pause and learn from the mistake, right? From what happened. Like, we're going to make mistakes. Accepting that it's a realistic expectation and that is grace, right? You're imperfect. God's always known it. He sent Jesus because of it. So when you make mistakes, the best thing that we can do is pause and then learn from it. What was it that you really needed when you went into that situation? Was the food helpful? Maybe it was. Could you eat that need another way? And try to find other outlets in a very gentle and kind of fun way that makes it not heavy and not burdensome, but like a project for you to um, inspire to. And that is a lot different than being focused on, you know, our negative behaviors that make us feel condemned and separated from God, rather lock arms with the Holy Spirit and move forward into a, a plan that he would lead and guide and direct you to. And ultimately all this stuff is making us more like Christ. And if God has allowed you to have some emotional eating challenges, I know it can feel frustrating and we can wonder why he's not released us from this burden. And yet when we stop and we pay attention, we can see the great grand plan and purpose that he has in all of this and allowing it to draw you to him. Hey, if you had other challenges, you may not have to seek him three, four, five, six, twelve 12 times a day. <laughs> but when you struggle with food, I believe it means that he wants you my sister in Christ, to be by his side day in and day out, because that's where he knows that you need to be. So don't, don't lose heart. Use this as a chance to grow and thank God for all of the little victories and steps toward him along the way. Because when you bring the Lord into every area of your life, well, it changes everything. OPS, have you ever been completely puzzled by your overeating? Like you knew what to do and then you ignored it all and you found yourself covered in cookie crumbs. Well, if you can relate, today's freebie is for you. It's the 10 reasons why you can't stop overeating freebie and in it we'll break down the top 10 reasons why ladies struggle with eating too much. And then we won't just leave it there. We're gonna give you 10 solutions so that you can move forward in a purposeful and prayerful way. So you ready? All right, grab the link in the show notes below. Well, it certainly was lovely to spend some time with you, sis. I hope that you're enjoying a taste of food freedom. Now, if you're looking for more of an entree, I'd love to officially invite you to my Platinum program. It's a six month deep dive, start to finish program that is going to immerse you in God's word and God's plan for food freedom. You can find out more at gracefulplate.com 
forward slash platinum. And while you're there, be sure to get on the waiting list. It is the most fun, most practical, most productive time you'll probably ever spend on a waiting list. Be sure to check it out. I'll see you there.